some pals, and there's also therapy, too. Okay, hello everyone. How's it going? Welcome to Park Pals. Welcome to Park Pals. <laughs> okay, so today, Maddie, would you like to give a little bit of an intro slash like, what do you feel about what's happening with our show? Sure. <laughs> uh, we have an interview today for you guys, um, taking another break from the episodes uh, with Michael Trim, who uh, was DP on several episodes of Park mm-hmm. and also um, then directed several. Mm-hmm. So the first one he directed was Park Safety. Mm-hmm. I'm correct. Yes. Okay. Yes. But Which we he just was reviewed very timely, mm-hmm. obviously. Yes. So well, you'll like be up to date ago, on that. Um, and then you'll hear he talks about where he first came in as DP was the um, the Pawnee Zoo episode where Leslie marries the two male penguins. Cute so penguins. Um, we get a lot of really great background information about what goes into being DP and kind of where he started and the steps you take to kind of move up into a director position if you're not starting out specifically as a director. So mm-hmm. that was really cool. And we get some very interesting um, and new uh, viewpoints on on parks. Well said. So I think you guys will uh, enjoy this one. It's a little bit different than any of the other interviews we've done. So it'll be a little change of pace. So yeah, hopefully you guys enjoy. Amen. And well said to everything that you just said. That was perfect. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, the other thing that um, before I forget to say is that uh, I do have to send him a few uh, videos. I don't know what I'm going to edit out of this or how this is going to work so, because there's a few times that I have to send him uh, videos like reminding him what he did, which is hilarious and so wonderful and makes sense because mm-hmm. it was a while back and he's done a lot yeah. of work. Um, so you may hear things in the background of him watching the video or me typing to find the video or find the director of certain things. Um, and I'm going to post it. But we talk about the Savage Garden music video, Crash and Burn, for all my 90s kids out there. Uh, And we talk a little bit about how wild that was. Uh, I will post it or just look at it right now. Um, It's it's a treat. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. So, um, yes, thank you to Michael for being on the show and go check out all of the things that he has done. I'll link his IMDb so that you guys can make sure that you are aware of all the wonderful work he's done. He's worked on Madonna music videos like we talk about and Orange is the New Black and Weeds, which is interesting. We talk about a little bit of the crossover of Weeds and Parks, which is wonderful. But, uh, yeah, I really appreciated and enjoyed his time today. So and just it was very eye opening, as I'll say in the ending. So (laughs) definitely. All right, guys. Well, have a good week and please enjoy Michael Trim. There's a park and some pals and there's also therapy, too. And you're in New York, right? At the moment, yeah. Okay, gotcha. You working on a project over there? No, I'm just visiting the kids. Oh, nice. That's exciting. Where in New York are you? Tribeca. Okay, cool. Nice. Yeah. And I'm guessing you've been there a bunch of times, right? Oh, yeah. I used to live here. Okay, gotcha. When did you yeah, move no, to I, LA then? You've been there a long time then, huh? Well, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I moved to LA in 89. Wow. Oh my gosh. So you've seen all the changes. <laughs> yeah, because I moved here in 77. Gotcha. So, yeah, I saw some, because I lived in the East Village the whole time, like one block from CBGB. So, wow. Where did you, yeah, where good. are you from? Jersey. Okay, gotcha. So it wasn't like too far of a move. <laughs> oh no, no, no! And I, I, I always wanted to move to New York. Yeah. 
that's nice that you can kind of be like bi-coastal a little bit you said your kids are there yeah i think i'm getting close to being done with california Mm. okay that's fair i mean it's only got the weather (laughs) and i really don't like driving anymore oh my god i understand we just don't have to drive i don't want to have to drive to go to dinner Mm -hmm. i don't want to have to drive you know so i actually got rid of my car the other day oh really I think I'm going to try Ubering and just walking more. Yeah, and see what happens. I but, know uh, it's yeah. so hard because you have to budget for time for parking. And then we were just talking about how you have to budget for like paying for parking as well. So, it's I mean, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. You know, um, it's funny because you asked me these questions. I went and I went back and looked at the I didn't watch the episodes. Uh-huh. Um, but it just remi- I forgot that I had even done some of these. <laughs> I know. That's what a lot of people say. <laughs> oh, no, I, mean, I had to go mm-hmm. back. Well, because it was so yeah, long I mean, ago now, back, too. Uh, to, you know, some of these fan sites or the wiki sites that just to go through the synopses of the, like, fluoride. Wow. The best. Oh, my God. I know. I hardly remember that one at all. Um, well, it's wild, Michael, because you were so icon, like you were connected to these iconic parks episodes, like to the fans and to us. Anyway, these are such pivotal moments. These episodes that you directed, and they were so wonderful. That's what my my daughter's the big mm-hmm. parks fan, and she says the same thing. She was like, <laughs> she was like, she was like, wasn't Fancy Party nominated for something? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Well, let's um I wanted to tell you also um Shauna Hagen, we interviewed her and she says hi. So I wanted to make sure I said that to you. Yeah, no, no. Shauna's wonderful. Yeah. Shauna's doing great. Shauna's Shauna's She's Shauna's busy. doing great. Yeah, she's super busy. Oh my god, mm-hmm. she's doing so many things. But Yeah, so good for like, her. Well, speaking of all the th- yes, good for her. And all the things that you've done and looking through all these synopses, how, what first brought you into do parks? Did you know somebody or did you did was it your agent or what first brought you in to do it? No, not my agent. Um <laughs> not for that one. Uh that was I was working on weeds. Mhm. Yes. And I guess I that. guess so I was doing weeds and I had worked with the producer Morgan Sackett. Mhm. Mm-hmm. um on a pilot you know my a quick thing of my history because yeah. i didn't start in, i didn't start in tv i was uh i was a cinematographer along with a lot of other things you know i started in 77 as a pa and mm-hmm. electrician best boy gaffer wow up to a cinematographer so i was doing weeds and um oh and uh I was doing mostly videos and commercials. Yeah. And then they all went away because the guys that I worked with, uh, one of them had a heart attack. Oh, no. There was a strike. It was a whole combination of a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. And um, so then I got a phone call from my old agent telling me that this uh, director wanted to talk to me that I had worked with years ago. Mm-hmm. So I called him up and I said, you know, where have you been? It's been like nine years. And he said, well, I got into TV. Hmm. He goes, and I'm doing a pilot. And it was a pilot that didn't get picked up. But he says, I'm doing this pilot and I want you to shoot it for me. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize that it was that there's a list, like an approved list of people who can uh, 
shoot for TV shows. Mm. Now somebody has to approve it. Yeah. So um, I wasn't on the list. And I, I, years later, I asked Adam, how'd you get me to shoot it if I wasn't on the list? He said, everybody on the list was booked. Mm. So that was good. But so I did a good job. <laughs> yeah, no, and I did a good job. I had so much fun. My background is narrative stuff. So, um, but like I said, it didn't get picked up. Okay. But that Classic. producer introduced me to another guy. That producer was Morgan Sackett. He introduced me to another director named Craig Zisk. Okay. Mm-hmm. Craig was doing a lawyer show that lasted six episodes. It was mm-hmm. called head cases um and it only lasted six episodes and when it was they they canceled it actually pulled the plug uh i noticed that everybody already had another job Mm. by that afternoon i I, I wasn't into the tv world yet like this is only my second job so i spoke to craig i'm like everybody's gonna be working like, I don't even know how to find a job. I mean, my agent's supposed to do that. But Sure. But so anyway, he, yeah. Everything, so, so. Any, anyway, he says, uh, well, look, I'm going to, I've been asked to do this show Weeds. So uh, the first season of Weeds was, they got rid of everybody. They got, uh, rid, of the, they got rid of the DP, the director, showrunner. Okay. So they were trying out a whole bunch of new people. So Craig took me with him. I, I had to interview with uh, Mary Louise to get her approval so that was fine that worked out and then uh what a great show that that was a good show yeah i mean mean, they all go south after season three we loved it i know no no i mean i I did too i mean i I feel i see what you're saying though i get it but i think story-wise they just all go yeah well as a person too long yeah but i mean as a person who works on it at that point, it just turns into family and not as much about like how stupid the show has gone. <laughs> I mean, what was that? That one year that they put everybody in the uh, um, the motorhome. Oh, I have. I don't even remember that. And then, it was like a whole season where they just traveled America. I mean, it, just, it was all ridiculous. But so so I'm doing that. I'm not directing yet. No, maybe I had just started directing, but hadn't committed. Was still doing both. Because on weed, sometimes I would shoot and direct. Yeah. So then. Um, well, when you say shoot, do you mean like you were the DP or you were camera operating? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, no, I wasn't the operator. I, I actually, I, I was the operator on the final. I asked to be the operator on the final shot mm. of, of weeds. Beautiful mm. green shot. Um but so I'm on weeds. Morgan Sackett calls me up and says, I'm doing this show called Parks and Rec. We just did the first season, which was what? Six episodes. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's like, and we're mm-hmm. totally retooling it, you know, uh, rethinking a bunch of stuff about it because we just did the first six without getting any feedback, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, he described the show to me that it was sort of like The Office. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, you know, I'm not, I'm good. I don't, I'm, <laughs> I didn't, I don't, I don't, I really don't like The American Office. 
Okay. Okay. Um, Controversial. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think. I just, I found. No, uh, it's not. I'm totally teasing. Yeah. I mean, I, because I, I found, a, I, I knew about the British one before. Yeah. And I mean, there's a perfect thing. What was it? Like one long season and then a Christmas special? For the, the British one. Oh, the British, the British one. one. You know, I ha- I'm not as well versed in the British one. Well, see that, but that's what I mean. Like that's what happened to the American office. Was sure. it? it just goes so down that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I don't think you're so, alone in that opinion. That's for sure. Yeah. So I told. No, yeah. Some of the best seasons yeah. are the third seasons. Like that's where they reach yeah, their, then, you know, their peak. And then you're right. Like that's mm-hmm. that's the truth. So I was feeling pretty good at the time. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to get work. I, yeah. I may have even won an Emmy at that point. I'm not, I can't remember. Huzzah. But, yeah, huzzah. And um, <laughs> trying to get on that show, actually. But anyway, so uh, I told Morgan, no. Like, not interested. Yeah. But thank you. But that's not my kind of show. Okay. Uh, so three weeks go by, and I'm not getting any calls. So I call Morgan because at that point, you know, in, in my career as a DP, you have your crew. Yeah. Your crew would like to work. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep. So, um, yeah. So I'm like, okay. So I, I called Morgan back and I'm like, have you found anybody yet? He's like, no. I said, all right, well, I, I would give it a shot. So then I had to interview with Mike Shore. And uh, Greg Daniels. Mm-hmm. So who listens to this? All Parks fans. <laughs> I don't know if Mike Shore or Greg Daniels. <laughs> well, I don't, I'm not, no. no. I don't think God, I God, to him, God, but God, no, Parks fans. No, God bless Mike Shore. Jeez. Oh my gosh, he has so many things. <laughs> just, How did that interview a... go with them? It was you fine, remember? you know. Yeah, no, it was fine. I mean, they were looking for somebody. They needed somebody. Yeah. And um, like Morgan knew that I was capable of doing it. Sure. But I, so I just, you know, that's one of those meetings where they just want to meet you. Right. And see your vibe. It's not about yeah. whether or not, it's not about whether or not you're capable. Mm-hmm. It's whether or not, this is how I feel anyway. It's whether or not you feel like hanging. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're going to be with those people all the time. So, I mean, if all your the, personality the sucks, then. <laughs> so they're like, yeah. uh, do you have any questions? And I said, yeah, I do. Because I, I had watched, I probably watched like the first two or three. And I said, well, here's my question. Like as a DP, mm-hmm. is, you know, you tell me it's like the office. And I understand the British office was seriously about making a documentary. Yeah. The American one, they forgot about that almost immediately. And mm-hmm. so I said to Greg, so who's doing this in the Parks and Rec thing? Who's who's filming them? Like who's the documentary crew kind of thing? Who yeah. are they looking at when they when they give that look to the camera? Mm-hmm. And Greg, who I think has an awesome uh, absent-minded professor act, mm-hmm. he's like he's like, oh, that's not that's not important. Yeah, I'm like I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, it's now that's he's like, as far as I'm concerned and we're concerned, that's now just a style. Like, it doesn't have to have a reason. Mm. 
Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It The office, the American office definitely created that where it's just like this is the mockumentary style. And he, Greg Daniels, was just creating this whole little vibe that yeah. wasn't done before. And it it is like you were, I mean, I think that I think about that too. At the beginning, you're just like, who are they actually talking to? Which is interesting that they break that fourth wall in the office uh, like way later in, in the seasons. But, it's, but especially with Parks, we never meet behind the crew or behind the scenes of who is filming. So it's right. just the ambiance. Yeah. So I, that was just so hard for me to wrap my head around. Mm. And it was also like technically, you know, you're, you're, you were always using the two cameras because it's like you're filming a documentary. Mm-hmm. You know, but your job as a DP is to at least, you know, make people look decent. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, I, I remember. I told my gaffer was a extremely experienced guy and and we were used to lighting things to make them look good. Right. So then the first day that we shoot was uh, this, I remember the penguins. Oh yeah. At the zoo. That was the first, I think that might've been the first episode of the second season. So we go to the zoo uh, it's it's the old zoo in uh, in LA. It's you know it's not a zoo anymore, but it used to be. Yeah, like underneath Griffith Observatory. Yeah, yeah, right, right in that area. Mm-hmm. So we're there. The sun is out. It is just coming down on Amy like this. <laughs> yeah. There's like just her nose <laughs> is so bright. I can't put anything overhead because the other camera would see it. Right. And I just sat there. I was depressed the entire day. Oh, no. No, and then the next day I went in. And I remember saying, you know, I wanted to talk to, uh, you know, Greg or Mike, because I said, it looks horrible. Like, you know, I, I think it looks horrible. Yeah. And I'm not sure uh, that, that you're going to be happy with what I'm doing. And they were like, no, this looks great. Hmm. Yeah. Yes and no, because yeah, if you think it looks great, I guess that's fine. But I don't know. It's just it's against everything you know as a DP to have right. It's something nose. different than what you you're you're used to. So wrapping your head around that, yikes! Wow, that's so interesting. And then same thing when you're on a set, like once we when we were on the set, which was like I would say eighty percent of the time. You know, you're you're same thing because mm-hmm. you have cameras from two angles. You can't necessarily make the lighting look uh good and there were there were times when i got called up greg greg called me up to the office one day mm-hmm. and this was pretty early on and i told because I, I remember i told the guys i said I, you know i think we're done I, you know like done fine. being the director know. or done working on the show i think we're done being the, we're done being the dp and the crew oh, on DP. the show i see i see i see yeah, I haven't I haven't directed yet. Okay, so got it. Uh, and Greg shows me uh, a scene, you know, of Amy in her office, and he says, "See that? See that light on the back wall?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "It's it's pretty." He says, "I, I don't want that." Mm. I said, "Okay." Mm. So that then made it really hard. 
he wanted something like gritty and authentic. Is that what you think that maybe he was going for? I don't and think not I personally good all am, the time. Yeah, I'm not sure that Greg could verbalize. Sometimes a look is a hard thing. Sure. Everyone put sees into it so words in their brain. Yeah, yeah, like like at that point, it was easier for him to say no. No, I don't like that. I think as opposed to what he did like. Got it. And I think to get closer, like by process of elimination, almost. Yeah, yeah. And so I think we got there, and I I tried to like thread that needle because it was just. I mean, look, I I had to. I bought my. I bought my gaffer a ton of uh, games on the phone <laughs> because there was nothing for us to do. Oh, there was no way. Uh, I told him, I said, look, here's here. Cause he was, he was almost going to quit because there was no challenge to it. And um, mm. I said, look, well, why don't we set ourselves this challenge? Let's just make it look better than the office. Mm which almost anyone can do <laughs> because I think on the office, they, they really took uh, like Greg's thing to heart Vision, in yeah. terms of, in terms of what it looked like. Yeah. Well, and that's one thing that they, I remember Greg talking about uh, just in interviews where, or maybe it was Mike Sure, but either way um, the office was supposed to be kind of just one stationary camera kind of following and doing the talking heads, like running kind of survivor style situation. Whereas parks was a little bit more of a balance. And again, maybe it's just hard to uh, verbalize, but to have the two cameras in the talking heads where you can cut away. And that was yeah. like the big difference. But I see what you're saying where the office, was just like kind of it looks a little low budget especially at the beginning it's just like a straight up this is a camera we're following the people at the end and that's kind of what greg wanted yeah so i see what yeah. you're saying about how that's set up so so that that yeah that was that so then i, I did the show and I, I had a great time being the dp i mean i was bored but uh <laughs> but i did tell i think i i think i told morgan i asked morgan you know, if, if I do it, could you get me one to direct? Because I had begun to direct on weeds. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he said probably. So, yeah, and I, I think I did get to direct one the first season that I was on, like later in the season. Yeah. The first that one that, that really was the park safety. park safety. Yes. With Andy Samberg. So good. I know. I don't remember a lot. Okay. I remember <laughs> I got Andy to do a, he was such a sweetheart. Oh, that's good. He, um, oh no, such a nice guy. Maddie's obsessed I, with Andy Samberg, so anything that you say will be. I <laughs> love him so <laughs> much. <laughs> no, I mean just like yeah, just just being in the room, like a really good energy. But um, mm. I remember he did a. I forget whose birthday it was. It was one of one of my kids' birthday, but I but he did a little hello thing on. Yeah, I did a little video with him. Yeah. So that was very sweet. That's so yeah. nice. Oh, yeah, and he didn't have to do that. That's so lovely. I love hearing that. I remember being in the park because that was uh, that was the um, <laughs> where he's talking about all of the raccoons peeing in the uh... <laughs> yes <laughs> in the golf cart. Okay, I have a very specific question for you, and um, a lot of these might be specific, and if you don't know the answer, that's totally fine. No big deal. But in that one specifically, uh, when they're in the golf cart, they have to 
take one person out because it's so heavy and that's when they're like jerry should probably get off but like he just had a bad day so they make tom get off and i am wondering um this might be a stupid question so forgive me but they Andy Samberg presses on the pedal and it sputters. And I'm wondering if it was rigged some way that way, or would it have been he just like pretended to press the uh, golf cart pedal and it doesn't go? Because I don't know. Because it's sputtering because it because it's too heavy. Yeah, like was that real? He was probably mm -hmm. he was probably faking that. Okay. Okay. Like maybe just kind of tapped it a little bit so that and it it didn't go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was a quick cut, so you can't really tell where his foot is. But I was like, that's so yeah. fascinating to me. But yeah, that. Well, let me tell you. I mean, <laughs> it, it is hilarious. But but I'll tell you something else. Yeah. I mean, you should certainly. Uh, this is not a DP show. It's not a director's show. Mm-hmm. You should certainly uh, find an editor to talk. I'm to. trying. Dean Holland is on the top, top, top mm. of my list. Today. I ran into Dean the other day. Actually, I was walking in Pasadena. Yeah, Dean can and uh, can you tell him to look us up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dean I'm half and, joking, uh, but mostly a, serious. There was a British guy. I can't remember his name, but I'm sure it's on IMDb. He's an editor. Yeah. Okay. Because and he edited most of mine. Dean was really the the. I mean, I got to say, I think that was Dean's show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of mm-hmm. Dean, had a lot of inf- influence on that show. Uh, you know, being that editor and, and really he connects really well with Shure. Yes. Uh, and I think he also had the patience to watch all the shit that we would shoot. Yeah. Because it was a tremendous, it was a crazy amount because you wouldn't turn the camera off. That was going to be one of my questions. I'm so glad you said that because everyone has that. I've, every director we've talked to has uh, said that where they have, the fun runs, um, which is, you know, the improv thing. But I was wondering, I feel like everybody has their own technique of like whether they decide to turn it off or keep it on. Were you told specifically to leave it running or was that just like a choice or how'd that work? I think, I think they wanted it running all the, all the time just so that they would, like you wouldn't cut the camera. You would cut, but you wouldn't cut the camera all the time. Right. That's the way I remember it. Because yeah. what, I, what, I, what I remember more than that was the result of that, which was, some poor editor's assistant. Yeah. <laughs> had to, uh, you know, do Call all that. all the footage. Overnight, you know, and then it's a ridiculous amount of work. It's not, uh, I don't really. Uh, work that way. It's not the most enjoyable way to work. Interesting. Okay. That's what I mean. Like, like, you know, as, as a director, I mean, at that point, you're just kind of like, I feel like you're just letting them. And I mean, Jesus. Each one's a comic genius. So, mm-hmm. you know, at, at that point, you just want to give them the space to do their thing mm-hmm. and kind of stay out of their way and maybe try and throw a visual gag or something in. But again, it's not, it wasn't that kind of show so much. Yeah. Yeah. Where there wasn't like a lot of uh, avant-garde or cinematography, if you will. I totally hear that. Yeah. No, there, there was none of that. So. Right. Okay. Yeah, that I was, will, uh, um, Another question, though, about park safety really fast. So um, we start about we start talking about Avatar in park safety. And then in the next one that you direct, which is April and Andy's fancy party, uh, they have all those little invitations that Andy and April give to everybody saying you need to bring X, Y and Z. And one of the things that they have 
that they tell to bring is Avatar with 3D glasses and a 3D like compatible TV. And I read somewhere and we were talking about this on another podcast episode where the writers were talking about Avatar because it had just come out at that point. Do you remember anything about why Avatar was so prominent in the writer's room? (laughs) No. Okay. (laughs) It was so weird to me. I was like, why is this being brought up? So many but, I mean, times. Yeah, it doesn't over take much in a writer's room for somebody to uh, <laughs> like start something like that going. But no, I don't even I don't even remember the Avatar thing. Okay, okay, because I just <laughs> thought it was so coincidental that you <laughs> had directed both of those. It was yeah, you're too. That, that is weird. Yeah. yeah, you just happened to be there at that time. <laughs> yeah. No, and even I mean, the fancy party. I remember two things about Fancy Party was that goth kid was hilarious. Oh my gosh, Oren. Because I think that was <laughs> the first him. time we see Oren. Yeah, it is. It's like mm-hmm. <laughs> and the party the party was fun. The other one is um oh wait. Whittles. Harris Whittles was in that one. Yes. That's what I'm saying about all these iconic episodes, especially April and Andy's fancy party. Like, it it really is because not only do we see Andy and April get married, but then we also see Ben and Leslie start to finally say, like, I I like you. Oh, that's right. That's right. They they have that. They meet in the kitchen at the end. Yes. Yes. And then we Mm -hmm. get to see Burley and um, Alan Yang and Rivers because they the band Mouse Rat plays at the uh, wedding. That's right. Mouse Rat playing. (laughs) <laughs> yes and i'm just like it's <laughs> so stacked, stacked. um but yeah what was, were you gonna say another memory i might have cut you off i can't remember well i mean oh, harris, you know that harris yeah harris you know and harris isn't with us anymore but right i remember because i just remember when he threw the bird and it just landed on the ground <laughs> i was gonna ask about that <laughs> the so dead funny. pigeon we have a running That's joke on this favorites. podcast about all the pigeons in the background of the talking heads and so when that dead one came out mm-hmm. i was like oh my god I think they eventually got rid of, of the pigeons. Okay, that one's dead. We know that. <laughs> I think. I think they. We we should track that, Holly. If they get rid of the pigeons, we should track. Because I I remember I may have wanted some pigeons or something, but I don't remember if they because they're they were a pain. Yeah, I mean, I can. I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh my yeah, god! Trying to think. Uh, fancy party. Do you remember, so do, uh, did you know, so when April is walking down the aisle, they are playing Simon and Garfunkel's song, April Come She Will. Did you know they were going to have that song? Like, I wonder if that had any. I don't uh, know if I, I don't know if I knew that at the time. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering if it had any sort of influence on how you were directing it, but I mean, it's, it, it could just. No, that was, that was, uh, that was just shoved all those people into that room. Wow. That's, that was the extent of, uh. Of that that was a big there was just so many people so many people so many extras mm-hmm. so and i mean at that April point sister yeah and at that point and uh again yeah. you know with shauna and tom the two camera mm-hmm. operators and then sometimes a third then you just tell them to treat it like a you know like a real documentary right or it's almost like that one for sure it almost seemed like a um like a home video or something you know what i mean but like nicer <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Um, and then, okay, going back to park safety really fast. I had a question, um, if you remember. So Jerry has this uh, scene where he falls into the river, because, and that's how he breaks his arm. And I'm wondering, number right. one, if you have any memories of that. But number two, if you remember that there was a stunt person. Like, do you remember that? Because I think there it was. 
I think there was a stunt person. Okay. Because we talked about I'm it, sure, but I wanted to confirm. I'm sure Jerry would have tried. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's totally uh, gung-ho for everything, but I'm sure there was a stunt person for that. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. But I remember, because I remember we filmed it the sense. same day, I think, as the uh, raccoon piss. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it was right there in that same general area of like a park. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Oh, that's so good. And then for Andy and April's fancy party. Okay. I was watching these and these cold opens are also mega iconic. Like this one is uh, for the wedding, the fancy party. This is where they're in the conference room and Ron pulls out his tooth. He pulls out his tooth. And I remember seeing the blooper yeah. of him pulling out the whole plate. Do you remember that? Uh, <laughs> I don't, but I, I, because what I remember all, and I, um, it's just everyone's reaction. Yeah. <laughs> Their reactions were so awesome. <laughs> I mean, I thought that was funnier than him pulling the tooth out. I awesome. know. Tom passes out. <laughs> yeah. Like literally on the floor. <laughs> yeah. I, I forgot that, that we would do those little cold opens and then you go to the actual to the song. The song. Yeah, yeah, the theme. The theme song. Which, okay, oh, another. Oh, go ahead. No, no. It cracks me up that you guys uh, interviewed that guy. Which guy? The guy who wrote the song. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, yes. yeah. Vincent, we love him. He was our he was first, our first interview, ever interview. He was yeah. perfect. That's funny. <laughs> His stories are amazing too. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh my god! But and then with fluoride, the cold open um, was that with the Colts. Do you remember that? Okay, I was going to ask you. Yeah. Because uh, I could not find the Colts anywhere in those synopses of of those four episodes. It was because they don't talk the about the cold open. open. Right. That's not part of the yeah. story. Oh, my yeah. God. No, that that was the last thing I did. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, that, that was the last episode for sure. Was it the last like scene, do you think, that you did? That was the last scene I shot on that episode. Because oh, wow. uh, we went after we were done shooting the rest of the uh, episode, we went to uh, Indianapolis. Wait, you actually went to Indianapolis? Wow. Yeah, we shot the guys. Right. Isn't that the one where uh, Retta... Yeah. Yeah. Like, she you know, like says no to the linebacker. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was Retta was saying no to the linebacker. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we I didn't there. know if y'all flew out everybody to LA. That's dope. I had no idea. Yeah. Cause we were in that dome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was, that was an interesting day. Do you remember talking to any of the Colts players? <laughs> or no, were no. Just around? I think I spoke to the quarterback. Andrew Luck. That, yeah, I spoke to him, and yeah. uh, but I'm not I'm not a sports person. Actually, towards the end of that, Dean kind of stepped in and said, "Trim, this is what they what they're supposed to do." <laughs> 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 oh yeah, but it was fun. Yeah, that's amazing. I just remember because cool. Tom had his little like grill and little like cooler thing, and then he just randomly yeah, yeah. go fetch this football, and he just throws it haphazardly. <laughs> no, and that's what it was. There was so much stuff to do that day because mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. had so many that, and that's yeah, that's the part that you know maybe the thing that makes the show even better. But that's the part I didn't like so much was mm. was trying to fit everything in. Well, you're trying to, you know, you, you, with the comedy thing, it's like, let's, let's just keep going. Mm. There's always a chance, you know, that something mm. can happen. And it's true. 
But uh, now when you before. Because I guess Weeds wasn't so much of a comedy at all, and it definitely was a different vibe than uh, than Parks. So, it, like, what would be your favorite thing to direct, or what was your favorite thing to direct before Parks? Like, I know you did Orange Is the New Black too, but that was was that after that must have been after Parks, right? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, because so like, by then, I, by then I was uh, only a director. Oh, I see. And Weeds had finished. And uh, Genji from Weeds asked me if I wanted to go to New York and do a big chunk of the first season of Orange. Okay, gotcha. And that's so, a yeah. whole nother vibe <laughs> from Parks. Yeah. Yeah. But that, and that's, you know, it's funny because when I would, people would always, especially Weeds and, and Orange, but people are like, how do you do that? How do you balance that comedy and the drama. And I said, well, I don't really notice, I don't really notice a difference mm -hmm. that much. It's yeah. just part of, it's just part of the same story. But some people get very, con like they concentrate on either like, you know, uh, more of a comedy or like, or more dramatic. Mm -hmm. I, I would say that at this point, and um, yeah, at this point, I would lean very much less for a comedy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Comedy's not, comedy's always fun. Sure. But it's not as much fun for me creatively as it is with uh, something that can have a little more dramatic stuff happening. Yeah. So was Parks kind of like the first transition into this new technique of filming for you, would you say? Yeah, the documentary style thing? Yeah. Yeah, other than having worked on documentaries, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I, I, I never shot a documentary, but I, but I had worked on them, you know, years ago. But sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I bet I can imagine. You know, that's so interesting. You say that because I'm trying to wrap my head around, uh, going from something dramatic to something as comedic slash a little bit more improv-y, uh, to Parks, and that's yeah. I well, can't. That would be such a crazy yeah. I mean, there's transition. a yeah. You know, there's a yeah, and you try. You know, and I feel, I mean, I, I shot the, what did I do? The pilot for 30 Rock. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and like three or, three or four episodes after that. I mean, that's comedy. Yeah, totally. But, but that, and there, that's a whole, that's a kind of a similar vibe. I mean, they're not doing talking heads in 30 Rock, but it's definitely like mockumentary almost, I feel, mm -hmm. from them like following people down the hallways and stuff like that. But it's I mean, it's definitely more sitcom-y. I don't think it's Yeah, I think the, I, for me level. that was more more of a sitcom -y thing and just 30 Rock's just super smart comedy. Mhm. Mm yeah. M mm -hmm. Much like Parks. I mean, they're all they're so all Harvard fast. boys. They're all Harvard, uh, you know. It's all <laughs> yeah. that Yeah. It's all the uh the Lampoon. <laughs> yes. Right? I mean, Sure yeah. was the editor at the Harvard Lampoon. Right. You know, Aisha. You, know, you, talk, you talk to these people and, you know, remember, it's like 10, 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, and Aisha is telling you, like, I remember when it was the Facebook. <laughs> right. Because oh those were the years, those were the years that she was there. Wow. So it's like just, yeah. So, I mean, all super smart people. Right. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, in Fluoride, that also has the scene where Jam, the council member, comes out for a brief like five seconds and shows us his yellow car and he says, I got a Japanese girl to sit in it once. And I counted and it was a total of five seconds, like maybe 4.5, not even five seconds. And I am wondering for a five second shot like that, where even the stenographer comes out, <laughs> like how long of a setup are you doing for a payoff of five seconds? <laughs> well, I'm trying to remember. You think that's on YouTube? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, maybe if you type in like Jeremy Jam yellow car. <laughs> How did you spell his last name? J-A-M-M, I think. Oh, right. Yeah, I think it's two M's. <laughs> Let me see. Yellow car. Yellow car, fluoride. I'll type in fluoride, too. Oh, it's going to make me watch an ad. He was pretty funny, that guy. He was, he's hilarious. Oh, wait. Okay. He makes you hate him so much. I found he's it. He's so good at that. I'm going to email it to it? you. It's, um, right. and it's at 27 seconds of this video. Hold on. <laughs> this is hilarious. They they have a compilation on YouTube that says the best in parentheses or worst of Jeremy Jam. Because <laughs> he's such a tool in this show. Did you send it to me? Yes, I've uh, emailed it to you. Oh, here it is. Take a second. And it's at 27 seconds once you get All past right. the ad. Got an oh. Asian girl to sit in at once. Why did we come out here? Who yeah. here thinks parks? Oh, no, that was exactly. It probably took exactly that long. Really? Uh, I mean, that, that, that's the parking lot behind the stage. Mm -hmm. So, I'm sure myself or somebody went out there and said, "You can put the Porsche here." Okay. This is the shot, and then at some point, it's like, "All right, everybody, let's run outside." Oh wow! I mean, okay. you know, you do you do like six or seven takes of that, and you're everybody's having you. a good time, and then you're done. Wow. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, well, that's good to know because yeah. I like that better that you didn't have to, like, spend 800 years setting up something for a No, 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 no. There was nothing, nothing uh, like that. Yeah, it was all just, In terms like, of, like, spending time. It was, like, that was the idea. Right. Like, you know, start that's aiming the cameras at them and let them go. Okay, question about the exterior shots you know those exterior shots where they set up where you are before you go inside of the city hall and there's like extras walking up and down the stairs and this isn't any show so like obviously um you know you'll see a, the outside of uh just for the listener you'll see like the outside of the hospital before you go into the scene of er i'm wondering do you get to shoot those or are no those, i didn't shoot i didn't shoot just, like, any stock where, where they pull something they out might of the be, editing folder they might be stock footage i mean that that's pasadena city hall right right so i i think that that's either stock footage or they sent somebody out for a day okay to get those kinds of shots it, they, yeah they change it subtly like they'll have you know four extras walking up down the stairs and then the next time they'll have like one you know what i mean to yeah show the passage yeah of the time. only the only time i shot and I mean, I, I live in Pasadena, so I would have liked to have done it more. But yeah, the only time I shot at the city hall was when uh, the episode with Fred Armisen. Oh, sure. Yes, yes, yes. Sister City. Yeah. 
<laughs> and they're on the stairs and like the, he brings out a radio or no, he doesn't bring out the radio. Tom brings out Something, a radio. Yeah. It's like, it was so insane. <laughs> Wait, were you filming that then? Or were you DPing that I one? I think I was, the, I was the DP on that. I think. Okay. Wait, did you ever camera operate on parks? I can't remember. No. Okay. Just DP. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Not just, I don't like that word. No, 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 no. But no, no, that was, uh, no, I knew, I knew I wasn't going to be doing that. Because it really mattered. Every operator we had, I mean, Sean and Tom were the, were the two main ones, but there were times when we needed extra operators or times when one of them wasn't around. Everybody we had, we pulled from more of a documentary uh, operating background mm -hmm. than a regular camera operating background. Gotcha. Like, like a narrative. The handheld thing is a special, first of all, they got to be willing to do it all day. Yeah. Sean and I talked about um, that a lot, like the physicality of it all. Super. I mean, you know, I, yeah. It's, and those cameras were heavier back then. Mm -hmm. You know, all that kind of stuff. And it's just, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of physical work. Yeah. So, yeah, I forgot what I was saying there. No, we were. I was just asking if you were ever a camera operator on there. Um, so that answers my question. And were you... You were DPing, you said, before you were directing. And so do you, would you say that you liked the directing part of it better then because there wasn't as much DP fun for you um, in parks? Or is that hard to answer? <laughs> mm. I, don't, they don't, I don't think I noticed the difference necessarily. Okay. Mm. Kind of the same. Partly because it's the same thing on weeds when I – it's like when I, when I was – I always felt like when I directed, it was like, since it was my crew, mm -hmm. like the whole crews were the people that I hired. Yeah. Grip and electric anyway. I was like, we can make believe that there's no director. Right. Yeah. Interesting. That's the way I usually is approach Is that common it. for you to bring in your own crew? I mean, it sounds like it is. Or is for everybody to do that? Or is that just like well, you I mean, built this team, so you wanted to bring them with you? You no, know, the a DP usually has a crew, especially, you know, like in your hometown. Oh, okay. That's cool. Got to build this. No, I, I had the same, I had the same gaffer for 10 years, I think. Did he work with you or she worked with you on uh, Weeds and all the other shows you've done? Okay. That's awesome. Good to know. Speaking of Weeds, yeah. we talked to, um, or well, he sent in a voice memo. Uh, Andy Milder plays the, uh, <laughs> he's so sweet from his voice memo, but he plays the Snake Hole Lounge guy. He was oh, so yeah, fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot I forgot that he was the Snake Hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he plays this like kind of sleazy Snake Hole Lounge dude. Uh, but he was great. He sent it. He was so sweet and nice. And he sent us in a wonderful voice memo with a lot of behind the scenes. And and then um, there's a gal named, oh gosh, Becky Thayer. Did you work with her? Do you remember? That sounds familiar. Because, okay, she was the Sue's Salads lady for the Parks people. And then Weeds did this, uh, like, did they do a spinoff where it was like a morning show? I wanted to ask you about this because Becky Thayer was in that Okay, wait. Now I think I know who she was. She's blonde, bangs. I don't know if she has bangs now, but she did at the time. Okay, wait. Becky. T H Y R E is her last name. Yeah, the, totally remember her. Yeah. She's insane. Absolutely insane. <laughs> She's so funny. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I just thought that was really interesting that there's a bunch of weeds crossover. I mean, I know in this, the entertainment world is smaller than we think, but it's just well, really I, cool. I right. think especially in that, um, she married to a guy named Tony Millionaire, Tony especially hmm. um, in that world, I think. You mean like comedy you know. world? Yeah. yeah. I think there's like, I think there's funny people. Like, you know, I, I remember that on on weeds and all those shows where those same people because they're funny yeah so at least that was something too where like on set all day you're just laughing that's nice (laughs) it's just a nice vibe there's no doubt i mean it was all you know other than the pressure of like having to get it done Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you're always laughing amy's funny a morning show is that am i did you work on that on parks no for weeds sorry I'm, i'm stuck on that morning show it, it's not called the morning show i'll have to look it up and send it to you later but they did like a spinoff or something so and i was gonna ask if you worked on it but it doesn't sound like it so no. i'll have to send it to you later i don't think it was very popularized because i watched weeds when it was on but then i didn't really hear anything about that until after i researched like who all had been on it so anyway just oh curious. that's funny yeah, yeah. no Okay. Well, um, I was going to ask too, is there a specific trajectory of doing like for common people? I'm sure everyone has their own stories, but I guess for you personally, was it, were you DPing first? Um, which I know on parks you were, but like, how did you get into DPing? And then like, how did it start as far as your first ever thing? You know what I mean? Like what's the trajectory there? Um, that might be a long story, so you can cut it down if you need no, to. No, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. No, I'll cut it in half, like right away. So I was a gaff. <laughs> I was a gaffer. Okay. And um, you know, as a gaffer, I was lucky. I got to work on a lot of like fun things, a lot of really mm-hmm. good things. And uh, so I came. So I moved to L.A. Got, okay. I got. I married my wife, who's from L.A. Oh, okay. And I'd had it with New York for a while. So I said, let's go to L.A. So I moved to L.A. And there. You know, I fell in with a bunch of good with a bunch of good people quickly, mm-hmm. for various reasons. Um, I moved to LA right after I had finished working on uh, Mississippi Burning. Okay. And like that won the Academy Award that year. Oh wow! So, uh, and I fell into a producer friend of mine who worked both coasts hired me for a little commercial, mm. and in LA, and the other producer on that job produced at propaganda films okay so david fincher was doing a madonna video express yourself oh yay okay cool and uh they wanted a uh they wanted a pre-rigging gaffer okay because this was a tremendously big job Especially for rigging gaffer mean. Sorry, I means, I'm not... the, the, that would be the person who would go in and put all the lighting up before okay. anybody else got there. Gotcha. So that okay. so that when they're ready to shoot, you show up, you shoot, and then you leave, and then the pre-rigging gaffer takes it all down. Okay, lots of so work. Yeah, so they wanted somebody who was experienced because not everybody on the crew uh, had quite as much experience because music video crews. We're a different bunch of people back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went in and I did that and I had fun. And then I ended up working with that DP a lot. And he worked for Fincher and Michael Bay. 
because mm. these were all these were all people who worked at propaganda films making commercials and videos. Mm. This is this is before they made movies. Mm-hmm. So then. Um, Then what happened was somebody asked me if I wanted to shoot something. And he said he was going to try and put together a director's reel for, for commercials. Mm. So, so I said, sure. Yeah, why not? yeah. So I did it, did three commercials. And then uh, I think I somehow got word to Fincher because he was continuing to work with him that I was, uh, starting to shoot okay so back then this is like early 90s so were you gaffing then for yeah. all these commercials okay got it so still with the gaffer okay got it and then um so this is early 90s mtv used to have these uh spots for rock the vote mm, sure right yeah so the early ones are really good and those would be directed by fincher so that's cool you know, so he would do them for free. Um, so then he said to me, I got these rock to vote spots. Why don't you shoot three of them? So I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and then that's all you need. Yeah. Is that Fincher hired you. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I did that. And then uh, my next job was a Nike commercial with him. Oh, wow. Okay. And so that, that's how I became a DP was, pretty quickly gotcha making that transition because somebody asked and, and the director who asked me to do those first few spots he said you'll work way before i will huh okay he's like he's like it takes longer for a director to, to make that inroad yeah but people notice uh dps quicker so and were you telling people on set that i want to be a dp or was it just it was kind of I, was I wasn't you. Yeah, I wasn't going crazy mm-hmm. uh, telling people. Or like, you know, that you wanted to learn more about it, you know, not that you were trying to be like, can I have a job, please? <laughs> but more yeah. of like, this is well, what I want to do. I was lucky because I worked for really, I, mean, I have, you know, what do they call it? I have good provenance. Yeah, like, <laughs> sure. I, I've worked for some of the, some of the best, like DPs in the business. Yeah. I, mean, I gaffed for, uh, a guy named Harris Savides. Okay. I'm not familiar with that name, but I'm sure he's wonderful. I mean, he was um, unbelievable. He shot the Zodiac. Oh. Harris uh, oh. Wow. The okay. game. And so then when uh, did the transition to TV happen? Or what was next after commercials? Was it film or was it TV? The transition to TV happened when, like I said, the commercial world kind of blew up with sure. strikes. Uh, mm-hmm. I had been I working primarily with one guy and he had two heart attacks. Right. Yeah. Crazy. And, uh, yeah, I went for months without working. And that's when Morgan Sackett came to you, right? Yeah. Okay. And did the pilot and uh, the, the pilot. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Okay. And yeah. then did you, but at this time were you stu- like before you were being a gaffer, were you studying being a gaffer? Like what brought your interest into that? Well, I, well, I mean, there's no. That's what I'm saying. There's a, how do you study? <laughs> That's my well, question. no, I became. You just do it. I was a PA for a year, year and a half. Okay, okay. And then I needed to make to more money. Ground. Yeah. Okay. So, interesting. Uh, 
in New York. I got into the union and there were two unions in New York. Now, now there's only one, the IA. Gotcha. Back then there was the IA and another one called NABIT, which okay. was uh, like more of a TV union. Okay. If you weren't related to someone in the IA back then, you weren't going to get into the IA. Mm. So it was very closed shop, uh, primarily because there was not, there was just enough work for those people in New York. Mm. Like it wasn't as busy, it's certainly not as busy as it is now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it took a while for that to open up. And until it did, uh, people could join NABIT. Gotcha. So yeah. I took the electrician's test because I, like I said, I needed to make more money. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you had to take a test to become an electrician. Okay. So I did. And then I was an electrician and I worked for a couple of guys. And then I ran into uh, this one guy hired me uh, because of a friend of mine was working on this movie called Q. It's a horror film. Okay. Quetzalcoatl uh, terrorizes New York City rooftops. Wow. Okay. <laughs> check, check it out. Oh, um, well. <laughs> and I, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I mean, you know, I had, I had that crazy energy, you know, I was like so excited to be working on anything. So, yeah. You know, <laughs> That's the, a yeah, question, so. But... Would you like be an electrician around your house now? Like if anything broke, where are you able to fix it? Or are you just like, because now you took, or because you took that electrician test. <laughs> There's a big difference between film electricity. And, uh, <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> I <laughs> figured yeah. if there was like any crossover. So that makes sense. <laughs> Tiny bit, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to rewire any house. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. That's intense. Wow. So that, that, and that's how I met this first guy. Was his name was Stefan Chopsky, and Stefan was gaffer for a guy named Michael Balhaus. Okay. So we worked. We did a John Sales movie with Stefan. I did the uh, Reckless with Daryl Hannah. We did After Hours. Mm. All all those kinds of movies. Tons of independents. Yeah. And Stefan was a tremendous, still is a tremendous uh, lighting guy. That's awesome. So, and I was actually talking to him last week. And, um, nice. Yeah. Just, uh, he had a really unique vision in terms of, uh, like filmmaking. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. And the best way to learn is by seeing other people do it and just being on set, I feel. So, that's yeah. awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then probably I'll give you one more. Probably yeah, my tell greatest me experience was uh, I worked on a movie called Angel Heart. Okay. Okay. And Angel Heart is just a uh, it's just a lesson in British style lighting, which mm -hmm. is just incredibly beautiful. So that was that was a that, that was I learned a lot on that one. Okay. Interesting. The way that it's like different from the British to America to other countries. Yeah. Yeah. I saw this meme where uh, they were talking about every American uh, filmmaker that wants to make a movie set in Mexico. They just like put a sepia uh, filter over it. <laughs> 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 it was so funny. <laughs> that was yep. good. Yeah. Tobacco. Right. Exactly. That kind of brown tint. 
Um, okay, I wanted to ask you, you talked about uh, your working with MTV and all these things and videos, which is amazing, but I was uh, looking on your IMDb, and I was a, do you remember, I was a huge fan of Savage Garden in the 90s, all my 90s kids, and I don't know if you remember, but you did a video called Crash and Burn. Do you remember this video? <laughs> Wait, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> Crash and Burn by Savage Garden. I, we need to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you texted me and said like check this out and you said savage garden and you were like it's this like it's got this huge huge 90s vibe my brain went to sound garden oh yeah i was like that doesn't sound like something sound garden would do so oh, no, i looked it up and you know i shot this well it says it on imdb so funny you don't remember i mean it was a long time ago it was like 21 years ago Michael, it's crazy. Oh. <laughs> oh. Watching this in real time. <laughs> oh. Does it say? Does it say? How do we find out who directed this? It's all because I looked at the information, like the description, and it doesn't have any director or producer or anything. But your IMDb says that you directed it. <laughs> it says I directed it. Let me look. Let me just double check. Maybe you DP'd it. <laughs> it's absurd. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Man, like. Oh no, you DP'd it. You DP'd it, Michael. You were not you didn't direct it. Alright. It doesn't say who directed it. Let's look up. Is it even more amazing? That song doesn't even begin to ring a bell. And I can't tell you how many songs I can identify in one note because I worked on the video. Oh my god, that's hilarious. I don't Does think I like this bell, director. Though, at all? I don't think I like this director. I'm trying to look up who directed it. It doesn't say. I'm on Wikipedia right now. I mean, it's wild. That's interesting. It's very interesting. But it seems like a 90s kind of like new technology or trying to stay connected because the internet probably just came out at that time. And then there's like anime, what's that word? Animaguses, where there's like half uh, human, half animal, half like flamingo ladies. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. No, no. Oh, that web thing. And at one point, there's like a floating, flying telephone. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love all your reactions. Oh, no, the tongues. <laughs> yeah, when they're on the tree. Oh, man. What the hell? How could I not? That's 
Well, that obviously that wasn't a one day shoot. I have no earthly yeah, idea. I doubt it. Um, crash and burn. There's got to be some way to find out who directed that. There's got to be. I see the producers of the actual uh, record, but I don't see the. Yeah, I'm on like the video shot and is a partially fantastical theme featuring scenes of troubled young adults interspersed with scenes of the group singing in a warehouse. I don't know who directed it. But anyway, I just like maybe I need to talk to the director, but um, like I don't I guess I'm also curious about like the lighting for that and the cinematography of it. How does one do that? Did like do they have an idea? <laughs> And yeah, then I mean that. Like, that's why the lighting, or are you on set during these times? Like, oh, yeah. what is even the deal? No, I think that's directed by Yariv Garber. Okay, who's that? That's a good question. Like, look up Yariv now. Oh, I see Yariv Garber. Oh, I see. Okay, hang on. Let me click on his name. Oh, this is so fun. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> IMDb. Yeah, yeah he, well, he nothing. didn't direct a lot of stuff at all. Did nothing. He did a lot of videos. He worked, oh, he did the video docu documentary Savage Garden. I didn't even know there was a video documentary. Nor did I. This is new information. But yeah, 2005 see, so he did, was the last thing he did. Right, and even that, he didn't do anything that year. That's just a video collection. Yeah. So that put the Savage Garden video on that collection. And even 2001, I wonder, uh, yeah, who knows? But I remember, I, I, I remembered those image, a few of those images, the girl with the flashlight, mm -hmm. for some reason, I remember that shot really well. It might be because I have, uh, oh, you know, if we were doing this at home. What do you mean? No, I have uh, books. Back then, I kept notes. <laughs> um, I wonder if I should, because I know I've seen that picture of the, the girl yeah. with the flashlight mm -hmm. recently. And by recently, I mean like in the past five years. Uh, and I think it was because my daughter was looking through my my notebooks. Mm. Because I would, mm. I would, I did, a, I used to take polaroids and yeah stuff and do so much uh of that kind of stuff and yeah i used to tape them into these books mm -hmm. so i bet you i bet you i can look it up <gasps> that'd be great just find out what like what i did i, I guess yeah well, like with music videos like can you i'm like really confused about what happens as a dp on a music video like how do you work with the director to get what they want um do you have a well, usually beforehand or what oh happens? yeah yeah no tons of prep tons of prep okay i mean usually the uh you know videos are awarded yeah put some hand cream on videos <laughs> are awarded um to the director because of his concept okay so mm -hmm. Then, then he hires a DP, but that concept's already figured out. Okay. So like the, um, I mean, like take, express yourself. Mm -hmm. That was really more art directed. Like once the art director built those sets, mm -hmm. 
then yeah, Fincher would talk, and Fincher's very specific. He tells you what he wants very specifically. Yeah. Um, and then and then you go from there. Like, you know, I, I mean, it was very obvious to me how express yourself should be lit just by the way the sets were. Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. It was going to be like, you know, dank, ugly, but beautiful. Right. Right. You know, and ugly, you like you know, textury. Yeah, textury. That's a good word. Are you ever involved in the editing of it? Like, because they can change lighting sometimes in the and like post as well, or no? Well, then there's that. There's the final thing. So, like, uh, if you're a DP on a TV show, you you go to the color session at the end and make sure that it's close to what you want. Yeah. Eventually, it goes to a TV station where there's some guy who puts it on the way he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just like trying to wrap my head around what you would have done. Like what, not just you, but like what a DP would have done on set that day of that video. <laughs> Are you well, just watching them do what they need to do after you're done lighting it kind of thing? Or do you light it and then leave? No, no, no. Like, uh, you know, I'm sure the director would say, you're going to have these people up on this tree, Okay. this metal tree. Okay. I'm sure we went through tons of, you know, video directors were always good at giving you tons of references. Okay. Uh, you know, showing you hundreds of photographs. Yeah. You know, I like this look. I like this look. We're going to have words um, interspersed. Well, that that was all, yeah. I mean, he told me, because there was no way for me to really understand that other than him explaining that, because that was all done later. Mm-hmm. Right. But I remember, because then I, I remember, I guess dealing with those shapes okay the, the kind of widescreen shape within the screen yeah 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 it's like a glass even, wall or something even, yeah and even the lights were uh even the lighting was like in those shapes but I, that wasn't me right that was the art director and then just figure out how to light it so that it, i mean he just wanted it to be super dramatic mm-hmm. except on except on the front man Mm. yeah 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 because he's because he's supposed to be you know nicely lit so we could see him yeah and he said for him he he gets a ring light all right interesting okay oh my gosh that is so fascinating to me (laughs) especially well i mean like i can't imagine also all the new technology that came out and not even technology computer wise but the different uh advances in lighting that itself Mm -hmm. and the way that lights are perceived and all that good stuff so like I mean has there been a lot of changes since you started and does it take a new uh like learning curve every time you see something new come out or you kind of like this is what I like the end well did I mean there was a there was a point where digital was beginning to come out yeah and early digital was horrible mm-hmm. <laughs> like really really horrible and um but you know i tell people they're like you shoot digital i'm like i don't know what jobs you work on but there's no one giving me a choice oh yeah. like i i don't remember anybody ever saying to me you want to go digital or film like what do you prefer like that was decided before uh-huh. um Interesting. so then you just so then i decided i mean I, I realized early on i had to like not necessarily embrace it but at least understand it because yeah 
I didn't feel like, I felt like, you know, that's where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And they're just always coming up with new things. So you want to be well-versed probably in what's going on and how you can like speak or yeah. you can even say like, I don't prefer that or this one. Back then. Like yeah. Now it's just too much. There's too much technology. <laughs> yeah. <There's laughs> lights. I don't like, you know, if, I mean, a friend of mine asked me if I would shoot his little short film and I said, you know, I would, but I have not shot in years. Mm. And he goes, yeah, what does that matter? I'm like, I don't even know what the camera is now. Mm. I don't even understand the lights. The lights are not, I don't know the names of the lights. The lights are all different. Interesting. You know, mm. The lighting I grew up with through most of my career as a DP was uh, the same. Yeah. You know, old fashioned tungsten light bulbs. Mm-hmm. Wow. 1,000 wow, wow. watts, 5,000 watts, 10,000 watts. It's got nothing to do with that now. Now it's like, what color do you want the light? Yeah. Somebody <laughs> like somebody punches it in on their phone. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh it's my crazy. God. It's like, what the hell? Crazy. Do I mean, you, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be on a set and I'll see a guy walking by with a light bulb that's lit. And I'm like, what? That's like Uncle Fester. <laughs> I'm like, where was that when I needed like to hide a light? Yeah. You know, without a cable. Mm. Yeah, no, it's changed so much and it's become so interesting. Yeah, definitely. Do you find that that creativity uh, lends itself to the way that you see life, kind of? The way I see life? Yeah, like if you're in your house or something and the way that you want things set up aesthetically, like do you think that you see differently than what other people might perceive or not so much? It's more about the set. No, I think everybody takes that home. Okay. That's interesting to me. <laughs> yeah. Cute. Yeah. Well, uh, one of the questions that we love to ask our guests, uh, if you have one, is there a character on Parks for, uh, from any episode um, that you feel that you would resonate the most with, that you feel like you act the most like? Oh, or that's that funny. Like. But right now, I would love to hear who you resonate with like I resonate the most with Leslie Maddie resonates the most with Anne and that's why we work (laughs) and so so it's very interesting um no (laughs) no come on you gotta try no no, I'm I'm thinking I'm like no I think that you're a Ron that's what I think I mean maybe Ron like just a little curmudgeon-y Ron Mm. Curmudgeon, but I'm not... <laughs> no, no, I'm like a, but a, you know, in a very logical kind of. Yeah, exactly. Straightforward. But that's an that's a weird question. <laughs> okay, the, you got to think about it. I'll think about <laughs> it. The person, the person I got the biggest kick out of, uh-huh. the person I was happiest when uh, I saw his name on the call sheet, and that was John Ralphio. Ah, uh, yeah. Always Ben Schwartz. I love him. I, I would, I just loved, uh, because he was, he would just go off. Yeah. He we would just so go off. We are so into him here. <laughs> He's yeah. so great and talented and He's wonderful. Great. What's oh he God. doing now? He just released Sonic 2. Uh, he's the voice of Sonic. He also is in this show called After Party, uh, which I believe is on Hulu. I can't remember, but it's uh, amazing. Um, he also, well, it's already done, but uh, something else he's known for is Middle Ditch and Schwartz with his improv troupe that's on Netflix with the fella from Silicon uh, Valley. That's hilarious. 
He's working. He's out there. What do you guys do? I'm an actor uh, and a singer. Uh, and so I lived in L.A. for like five years. And then I moved to Nashville to do my music. Um, and then, Maddie, I'll let you say what you do. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I originally got my degree in uh, neurologic music therapy. And now I'm working with kids um, on the autism spectrum and helping their families build skills at home to support them. Oh, that sounds awesome. It's very, it's very, rewarding. yeah. But like you're saying, you take your, your work home. I take my work home. So yeah. And my wife does uh, art, art therapy sometimes. Oh, that's awesome. But with the opposite uh, with older people. Oh, nice. Oh, cool. Like, with like a, in a, like, with Alzheimer's and stuff yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, it, that is, it's very rewarding. That's real. That's like, that's it's real heavy. shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But for the (laughs) primary purposes of this, we are just Parks fans and we love Parks. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we do it. And And it's crazy. I mean, so many people are so kind of shocked and have to wrap their head around that we have a whole podcast about it. (laughs) Because for a lot of people, it's just a job. And I 100% get that. Um, I mean... It's like you do, like we can quote it, but I would not expect anyone who worked on the show to quote it because, you know, it, first of all, it was a long time ago, but secondly, it's, it's a job is a job is a job. It's it's not even like, it's just that there's so much information. Mm -hmm. There really is. And you, and you're asked uh, to concentrate. So it's like, I think sometimes it helps erase what happened last week. Mm-hmm. because you're concentrating on what you're supposed to do this week yeah and you need those little jogs like seeing the girl with the flashlight <laughs> yeah like, oh yeah i did shoot this <laughs> yes <laughs> isn't that wild <laughs> that's oh, one God. of my favorite parts of talking to guests too is like oh my gosh i totally forgot that that happened like that was really a time in my life <laughs> Yeah, we're taking you down memory lane, Michael. Yeah, <laughs> I should have. I should. Uh, should interview my gaffer. I want to. Is yeah. Uh, let, he, let me know his info. He's he's an old crabby guy, and he's retired. <laughs> Sounds like a true treat. <laughs> he'll say whatever he wants. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Well, are you working yeah. on anything right now? Um, are you retired too, or what's going on with you? No, no, I don't want to retire. But um, I think it's all good. Get everybody out there. I, I find that I think there's a little bit of an issue with some people being put in positions too soon mm-hmm. and not knowing how to uh, like manage that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm worried about the business in general mm-hmm. because 10 years ago, in the past 10 years, scripted series have doubled. Mm. and the crews have it yeah so there's a lot of people uh that are working and i just don't think everybody's learning there's not as much there's not as many people who can teach that many people so quickly right mm-hmm. so it's a lot so of content like, now it's a lot of, there's a lot there's so much and there's so much you know it's a uh, you know, like, like if you say it's a job, it, it is a job and there's parts to the job that have been established for years mm-hmm. and been established by years of 
this is what makes the job work and be more efficient. And this is how we don't lose things, or you know, this is how we keep track of stuff. All of that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've been on a couple of jobs recently where I feel like people weren't learning as much as they should mm-hmm. to keep it going. Yeah. But I just hope to hope they figure it all out because I was starting to feel like there's going to be really good crews and then crews that haven't worked with other people that were good to learn from. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's really fascinating. That's, I mean, there's that 10,000 hour idea Yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. to be any good. Yeah, I think there's truth to like, you know, having to do something a lot. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, you've seen people get bumped up to operators because they need operators. Right. But they don't necessarily know the, you know, how it works, like what an right. operator's job is. Yeah, there's such a balance of doing it for 10,000 hours, but also being trained to do it, you know, the right way or, you know, learning mm-hmm. the different ins and outs and the ways that you can perspective, like take your perspective to it. Uh, yeah, so that's the yin and the yang of it all. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I hope that we get some good people as well. Um, and hopefully we get yeah. people that actually want to learn and aren't entitled about it. Or like, I just deserve mm-hmm. to be here. So and I've worked really. Hard no, and that's and that's that. yeah, and that's part of it is that people are getting into, into these positions. And I mean, f- filmmaking is just, you know, it's such a collaborative uh, yeah. thing. You'd be foolish Teamwork. not to not to take people's help. Yeah. Yeah, and that's something lovely that every um, Parks guest that we've interviewed, I feel, especially crew, all of them, like Shauna and everybody is always just like, and Purd, we talked to Jay Jackson who played Purd. Um, <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> what? What do you have to say? <laughs> it was hilarious. It was hilarious. See, all those, all those, all those other characters were just so funny. They really were. <laughs> but we talked yeah. to those guys and uh, and gals. And uh, yeah, that's the through line and something I really love about um, the set that Amy Poehler and Mike Sher and Greg Daniels kind of created. They're always so much about learn and listen and observe from who you are working with and, you know, really keep your eyes open. Uh, yeah. And that's just not I don't think that's the case all the time. So I loved hearing that from from everybody that's worked on the show. I felt like, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't, I didn't watch Shore's other shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the one about heaven or whatever? Oh yeah. The good place. Oh, the good place. Yeah. But uh, I really felt like parks was Amy's show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of people have said like that the, too. The heart and soul of that. I mean, and that's not to take anything away from sure. Cause sure. I think it really understood the, uh, the big parks and rec picture of like community and all that. Yeah. But I just felt that like a lot of the stuff was, was all about, cause you know, I have a daughter Amy's got that thing with the, you know, she's got her own podcast or whatever about girls. Oh, she, um, oh my gosh. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's a uh, smart girls, Amy Poehler. Right. Smart you girls. know, and it's all about like, mm-hmm. you know, being smart and powerful and like, yeah. And you know, uplifting yeah. and empowering women and young girls. And I feel like okay. she really made it, made that, you know, made that show resonate that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. We can definitely relate to that statement for sure. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think mean, that's that was... why people connect with that show on a deeper level too. 
Yeah, totally. Well, and that's another thing that Mike Sure said when he was starting, and we've talked about this before as well, where, like, when he was casting, he was like, I'm Amy Poehler or bust. That was his famous line. He was like, we're going to work to Like, she is the one that needs to play this role. And it was the one. Right. Yeah. And she was Well, they must have. Didn't they know each other from yeah, SNL? Yeah, SNL. hmm yeah. yeah. Crazy. Well, mm-hmm. Maddie, do you have anything else that you'd like to ask before I let Mr. Trim go? No, I've just been learning a lot because this is the side of like, like Holly obviously knows more because I was never like an actor or anything. So this is like the behind the scenes stuff that I don't understand or know. And so I've just been kind of soaking it all in and like the, the amount of effort. I think people underestimate the amount of effort that goes into making these shows what mm-hmm. they are and the amount of people that play a part in it. And so I, I really think it's cool that we're getting these people that were involved in parks that are willing to come on and talk to us and like open, open our eyes as to like what, what the behind the scenes is and how much effort goes into it and each person playing their part. So I just appreciate all the information. Amen. And even though I've been on set, you heard me ask my dumb questions. I still am so (laughs) confused as to the behind the scenes as well. And I think, I mean, I've said this before with the stage managing, like I've done a lot of stage Mm -hmm. managing for theater and stuff before. And I think every actor should be a stage manager and every stage manager should be an actor. Like you just create such empathy and teamwork when you know what everyone has to go through or you have some kind of Mm -hmm. respect, even if you don't know what that person is doing or the ins and outs of it, you still have the respect for the work. That's it. No, and it's, you know, like you're saying, you see what happens on the set, but, you know, usually by the, by the time you get to the set, everything should already be right, pretty much figured out. And so that's, that's where the prep comes in and pre-lighting, like call sheet, what are we doing tomorrow? What are we doing Friday? Yeah. Oh, we need to get this ready. And that's where, that's what your best boy does. It's what the gaffer does. It's what the pre-rigging guy does. Right. They're sending people out. And that's what I mean about you know, some now that now people are, they don't know where they're going. You know what's going on. Who's yeah. going to take care of that lighting? Because it's a thing that you learn of how to uh, like how to put it all together. Mm-hmm. That's separate from like where does the light go? Right. Right. How can I make it look pretty? Yeah. You can do all those things, but you don't get to do those things if all that other stuff isn't in place. Isn't in place. That should be by the time you get there. Yeah. And there's not always, and there's always room. Like... There's always room for letting stuff, you know, work out. Mm-hmm. I mean, like as an actor, you know, right. Always have a plan, mm-hmm. but I almost never tell them the plan. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's also and... to say there's never time to like ask or talk so much with the crew. I mean, not that I've been on set a hundred million times. I'm not like, you know, wildly acting all the time but I mean this is why I really appreciate this time right now with all the crew and why I make it such mm-hmm. a point to talk to people because I think it's like an opportunity that I don't think I would really get on set unless I made like a very concerted effort you know what I mean so this is really nice no good good it's mm-hmm. fascinating it is <laughs> I well, think the crew is the most time. important thing I uh, yeah I mean yeah I get it and I agree. I think it's all about the collaboration of it because one can't exist without the other. It's symbiotic. Yep. Yeah. So that's why I was happy to have Shauna on there too, especially with these kinds of shows and you mm-hmm. uh, and directors and, and everything because um, the camera operating is the back. It's a character. And with those shows, oh, it's total character. Cannot and, exist you know, it's funny. It. I don't know if Shauna, if, if Shauna told you this, but I mean, Amy, I think, treated her as a character. Yeah. 
Uh, well, and she said that Nick Offerman did too. The cast did. She ha- she said that she was like BFFs with Nick Offerman, and like they they created this really wonderful relationship where they could she could kind of turn the camera and he was there, or vice versa. Um, which it's nuts. She was a cast member, that, really. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I mean. Like that was good uh, coming from that documentary world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes a big difference. Now she's she's shooting that Paul Feig thing. Yeah, welcome to Flatch. Yeah, yeah, which he stole from the British show. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> of course he did. Oh my god. Oh, we're not I mean, I think so. at all, are we? <laughs> I mean, I, I only saw a clip, and I'm like, look, it's like the two cousins in the Cotswold show oh. in England. Is, is that is that what it is? I don't know, but I see what you're but saying. I, I see the similarities. Yeah, you've seen that show. Yeah, uh, very like the clips that you're talking. I haven't yeah. actually like watched whole episodes, but I've seen like YouTube no, but uh, clips. but the the British one. Yeah, the British one. No, yeah, the yeah. British one. I know what you're talking about. And I like see where she one. yells up at her mother. Yes, that's a famous yeah. one. Yeah. Mm. So I think it's. I think it. He just took that concept of two kind of. Yeah. Not 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 ne'er do wells, but like people who have nothing to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in a community and towns. see and see how it plays. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Art influences art influences art and on and on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I t- well, I'll say this awesome. best director on parks that I worked with mm-hmm. as a DP was Ken Quapis. Ooh, okay. Oh, I've heard great things about him. My God. I mean, you know, most of them were excellent, but Ken just blew me away. That's awesome. Yeah. I would just like, I would just watch him. Really? What, what particularly dream? It was, it was, it was his, it was his relationship, uh, he, had, he was very calm, mm-hmm. which I like. I, I try to be very calm. Yeah. But it was also, it was his relationship with uh, the actors. Mm. It was just, because he wouldn't, I, I never felt like he was directing them. Gotcha. Like he would tell them a story or something. Yeah. Yeah, just creating a, kind of a camaraderie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they don't need much. Right. I mean, they're so, they were so much, those people. That's yeah. crazy. Well, and that's something that they mentioned on the Office Ladies podcast. Like, they've tried it after the office, they would go into the writers' rooms and like try to talk to them and stuff. And there seemed to be such a hierarchy or like dividing line between writers and actors or like crew and actors, I should say. Uh, and that's just not how it was on the office and parks. And uh, I think that's so interesting. Hopefully, we can make that line a little disappear a little bit. Yeah, that makes us more fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, Michael, this was so fun. Thank you so much for coming on. This was amazing. I really appreciate yeah, all your time. You. Pretty funny. <laughs> so where does this where does this go now? It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get podcasts. I'll send you a link once we post it. <laughs> um, how many people uh, do do it? How many people like listen or how yeah. many Oh. Oh, gosh, I don't know off the top of my head the numbers, um, but we have a decent amount of reviews. We get at least like, I think it's at least like one to 200 downloads a week. So we're okay. still fresh, though. We've only been doing it for like, what, a year-ish? Yeah. Podcasts, there's just so many podcasts to choose from. So uh, it's going to be some- so much of everything to choose everything. from. So, so true. Yeah. But I know the fans that do listen are going to be very intrigued and very grateful and thankful for your time because we love the episodes that you directed and your contribution to Parks and just the entertainment world in general. So we thank you. Well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I hope 
I remembered some serious stuff. Gratitude. <laughs> no, 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 no. Thanks, no. I no, think I know these things are awesome. I know what you mean. I, I, know I, I have a, I, I have a good time. I like being interviewed. Right? Yay! All right, well, I'll keep like in a, touch. You know, it jogs, jogs my memory. Yeah, yeah. We can do a second part. Yeah, or if I have when, any, I, when I we show, get to the episodes. Yeah, no, and I'll show you those. Ones. I'll show you those books. Like, look up the uh, music video one. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That'd be awesome. And uh, what's fun. the express yourself? I'm gonna watch that yeah. after this too. And also, um, Rolling Stones. Yeah. Nice. You know where they're big? Uh-huh. In Manhattan, they're walking okay. down. They're they're like bigger than the skyscrapers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Oh man, I gotta refresh my memory. I gotta watch that one again too. Yeah, go find them. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, ladies. Enjoy the rest of your day. Yes, you too. You, you Enjoy too. New York. Have a safe flight back, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. All right. Bye, thank Michael. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Yay! Awesome. <laughs> that was so fun. That was like the like I don't want to say weird, but it was like the most different perspective yeah. we've ever had, and it was fascinating yeah. to me. Fascinating. Well, I think it's cool because he talked a lot about how that transition Mm -hmm. between like a a typical TV show and how that's, Mm -hmm. that's filmed to the, the, and how he had to shift his perspective and that it wasn't necessarily comfortable. And, you know, so like, that was a cool perspective to have. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I was so fascinated every second and I just kept coming. Well, this is normal. I always come up with questions, but, um, (laughs) yeah, I just, um, think it was really interesting to hear that side and to talk to someone who hasn't, who didn't, I don't think he did a lot of documentaries before this, whereas I know Alex Hardcastle had done a few before and Shauna was primarily a documentary person. She's still doing documentaries. She just released, um, the conductor, which we talked about on our show. Um, so I mean, it was less of a transition for them, less of a transition for sure. And look, I think it's really fascinating too, to hear everybody's like different opinions about, what they enjoy shooting and what Mm -hmm. really sticks with them because I do think that the office and parks as much as we love it we sometimes forget that it's just not everybody's cup of tea (laughs) it's really yeah it's really not and I mean right well and I think I think I still think he liked it though I'm not saying that he didn't like it because no yeah yeah but I think wonderful I think that there's also a difference between fans Mm -hmm. who like the office versus don't like the office. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference between people who actually will work in the film world that like the office and don't like, I think they dislike it for different reasons, Mm -hmm. the fans versus the film people. Yeah. Right. So I think, I think it's different and it's cool to hear that kind of side of it. Cause like the people I talk to who are like people who have watched it, they're like, I just can't get past Michael Scott and like, (laughs) you know, his, the shit he says. And like, that's to each their own for sure. Like I get it, but I think it sounded more the style. Definitely. It was the style because I mean, that's such a, that was fascinating for me um, to hear. I mean, I said it in the, when we were talking, but he's right. It's not very cinematic. It's not very uh, designy or, you know what I mean? And that's like kind of what Greg Daniels wanted to do. Uh, so that was the vibe that they were going for, which I guess is like a check mark for them. But that's like, again, that's not everybody like as a DP, I'm sure that's like, maybe that's not what you, uh, enjoy most or, or like working on and maybe not enjoy personally, like to watch, but like working on it, you know, um, maybe that's a little boring. Maybe you want something a little more challenging. Right. And to go from 
everything has to be perfect. Every light has to be in the right spot. Everything to yeah. no, we want it to not look like that. Right. We don't right. want it. Per- like we don't want it to look perfect. Like, it's too pretty. That would, yeah, <laughs> I love when you said would, that. That would mess me up too. Yeah. Right? Like if I've been doing something the same way and it's been the right way for so long. And yeah. then it's like, we don't want that. It's yeah. like, okay, well now you got to re you have to shift everything you've known. Right. And he said he started in like 70 in the seventies or eighties. Mm-hmm. Right. So you think he's been doing this, this exact way. Yeah. Right. Of how to do it for 20 years before he gets to parks. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, yeah. it's tough. It's so fun though, to learn about all these yeah. different, uh, ways that people come and approach this show, uh, and just in general. So yeah, yeah I really appreciate his time and I thought that was so fun. So yeah, thanks yeah. everybody for listening. Um, and if there was any questions that I didn't ask, you know, let me know and I'll see if he's open to answering them. But, um, yeah, I thought it, I just, I also love hearing them say that they went down memory lane. That's like really, yeah. that brings That's me great. so so much joy to hear them like, feel happy about the memories that they are thinking right. about. And I'm so glad we got to talk about that Savage Garden video. Oh my God, that was I so know. funny. <laughs> you guys, I will post that in the uh, show notes or maybe I'll uh-huh. even post it on the... Um, you should do a little clip of it for, for Insta. For the main feed, yeah. Because yeah. it is gnarly. <laughs> it's it's a lot. It's so nice. It's just my sensory systems yes! were like... sensory what? overload. Yeah, it was a lot. But that's like the nineties, but that's what, do you get what I'm saying? That was like, when you said it was like nineties chaos, my brain went, my brain thought you meant, um, sound garden. Oh yeah. Uh With Chris Cornell. And I'm like, with like the actual, like like the sounds being chaotic, you mean, or like the music being, well, I meant, I thought, I just thought everything, but like sound garden, isn't really one of those like poppy. Mm. They're like a rock band. I need to listen to them again. Maybe I'm getting confused, Yeah, but either way it's. Yeah, it's Chris Cornell from um who is also an audio slave. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So okay, okay, it's okay. it's like a rock, a nineties alt rock band, but he I that's where my brain went and it was like I don't I don't foresee Chris Cornell being like psychedelic y yeah, yeah, <laughs> with yeah, his yeah. video. <laughs> so funny. Oh not to God. not to say that he would have a say, right? That's more the label choosing a director or whatnot, but right. anyway. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Also, um, I wanted to do a, this has nothing to do with parks, but, um, I wanted to do a pour one out for, um, our, the Foo Fighters drummer that passed away. I know. Taylor Hawkins. I was going to talk to you about that. So sad. I was, I was so blessed to get to see them live. Like when he was still. Oh, that's amazing. Kicking it. So he, I mean, he's awesome. And the, the conversation my dad and I always have is Dave Grohl was yeah. the drummer of Nirvana, yep. one of the greatest bands ever. So we always say, how great of a drummer do you think that guy is that Dave Grohl said, I'm not going to drum in this band. Mm. That guy's going to, you know, mm. so, and he was great. And he had that great long hair and yeah. he just great. He had a great personality and stage press presence. Like That's I, awesome I honestly, hear. like I got it when, when we were out to dinner last night and it was just like, what? No, no, but no. I know. So, so tragic. I just, if you Did got you... to see them live, good job, guys. Like oh, that, seriously. what a great thing. But yeah. Yeah, definitely put that in your memory bank for to save. Because yeah, mm-hmm. um, amazing, amazing. Did you see the, yeah. uh, or did you know about this Foo Fighters trailer movie? Or have you seen it? No. The trailer what? for the movie? Oh my, oh my God, Sean showed it to me last night. And I was like, what the fuck? Um, I, I'll send it to you. There's a movie coming out. Hang on, I'm going to Google it. Is it like a documentary? No, 
It's like a horror uh Mockum, not mockumentary, but it's like a story about the Foo Fighters, fictional. Um, but it's like they're okay. all in this house writing the last record, and it's like turns into a horror movie. And Whitney what? Cummings is into, uh, isn't it? It's kind of like a scary movie, horror movie though, not like paranormal or whatever. But okay. there's like comedy in it. Um, That's so Dave Grohl. Oh my god! It's oh, it's called <laughs> Studio Six Six Six, and it's, okay. yes, so Dave Grohl. Um, Nice. And it's supposed to come out this year. When is it supposed to come out? I don't know. But regardless, I'll, I'll have to send you this trailer. Um, okay. Foo Fighters Supernatural Horror. Oh, my God. Let's see. Films now movie trailer. When does it come out? Rele- Let's see. Release date. April 5th. Okay. So next month, you guys. No, wait. That's like, no, that's literally like in 10 days or something. Wait, that's <laughs> shit. Nope. That's the That's the record. My bad. That's the record from a million years ago. Oh, Uh, he wasn't even alive for the record to be dropped. Well, no, wait. The record, that was, no. Okay, Google just pulled up April 5th, 2011. Okay, so that doesn't even count. (laughs) No, that doesn't count. So Wait, is it already out? The film is set to release worldwide on February 25th. Depending on where you live, you can actually check out showing times. What? Is it already out? All right. Okay. We don't have time for this. (laughs) (laughs) But also, I have... Really? I need it. It's in theaters now and at home on demand. What the fuck? It's already out, you guys. Okay. All right. Well, well go, this was not um, popularized, but Whitney Cummings is in it, which is hilarious. Um, but no, Taylor Hawkins was in it, which is the main point of this story. And so he yes. is immortalized in the film world as well, um, as his as well as his contribution, obviously, to Foo Fighters. So, yeah. <sighs> wow, 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 wow. Uh, it says so two days years ago. Of music. Somebody just posted two days ago that it's now in theaters. So, yeah, it must, it's really recent. And let's see, today's Saturday. This will be coming out Thursday. So, um, yeah, wow. Okay. I wonder how he died. I, it says. Do we know that yet? It says it hasn't been disclosed. I looked that up, too. I don't okay. think they know yet, or they're just not wanting to release it yet. So, Which, either way, that's fine. Yeah, totally. But... Oh, my God. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. If I you're did. still here, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But we'll see you next time where we'll be reviewing another show. Yes. We will see you next time. And um, thanks again to Michael Trim. We just, we had a great time. This was a fun Saturday uh, interview. And just like, so uh, what's the word for that? When you just like didn't think of something one way and you are. Eye-opening. Eye-opening. That's great. It was, it was an eye-opening, eye-opening interview. I almost said existential, but that's not, I mean, no, that's not what I mean. That's like out of body. Yeah, well, Kinda. existential is like where you're like thinking about your life and like where who, what uh, yeah, your purpose yeah. is in life and blah, yeah. blah, blah. But then, no, this is just eye opening. It yeah. just feels deeper than eye opening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Eye opening squared. Me. Yeah, eye opening yeah. squared. Uh, anyway, well, thank you everybody for listening. If you haven't yet rated or reviewed, also LOL at him saying how much, how many people listen to this. I was like, bro, right. I don't know. I do think. That there is like 100 to 200 downloads. I do see that on our stats or whatever. But like mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that there's not more because or less really. Right. Because sometimes people don't download it. They just listen to it via streaming. So that's True. another thing for our listeners. If you can download it, that would be much appreciated. Yeah. Because downloads are the only thing that show up in our stats. And reviews are the only ways, which I've said this um, many times, but that's the only way. I was not going to tell him that there's only 26 reviews, though, because he seemed like the kind of person where he would be like, 26, is that it? Really? <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. I'm 
sure he would have been fine with it. He would have been like, whatever. He seems very nonchalant about that kind of thing. But um, anyway, so thank you all for hanging in. Have a great week, and we'll see you soon. Yeah. There's a park and some pals, and there's also therapy, too.